Last week, Pastor Keith shared a very powerful message with us regarding Paul's message to the many people that he encountered on his travels. And he focused on the message of Paul, who literally began preaching at once. And that was in our scripture. And that followed his life-changing conversion on the road to Damascus. The message that he shared proved that Jesus was the Christ. And even though we don't have a record of the exact words he used, that message that he shared rocked the world of the first century. Those words were powerful in and of themselves. It was also the remarkable change in his life and the change in his actions that were the most convincing proof of his message about Jesus Christ. Paul was utterly and completely sold out for Jesus, and he spent the rest of his life sharing with everyone he met about who Jesus was and what Jesus had done in his life. His love for Jesus Christ would motivate him to go places he would never, ever dreamed of going before, to experience hardships and struggles with humility and great fortitude, all because of how Jesus had changed him. Our message must be the, sh- must be the same. We must share with others our testimony, which always points to Jesus Christ. And we must tell others that we meet that the same God who changed us can change them. Our faithful response should always be to take that change to the rest of the world. Now today we focus on the mission of Paul and how he impacted the people that he encountered throughout his travels. Our scripture this morning is in a couple of different places in chapter 13. And we start in chapter 13 on verse 13 with these words. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the Law and the Prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. And then we continue in verse 26. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word. And now may we um, be in prayer together as we pray for our pastor. Dear Lord, you have given a message to share to Pastor Keith and have given him the words that he should speak to us this morning. We pray that he will do so with great energy and great um, boldness of heart. 
for the message that you have given him is one that we all need to hear, and we all need to take that into our hearts so that we know exactly how it is that you want us to be your people, how it is that you want us to go forward, and how it is that you want us to share the words and the life and the testimony of Jesus Christ to those we know. So, Lord, open our hearts and our minds and our ears to the message that Pastor Keith has for us this morning and uh, help us to understand, give us wisdom and discernment to take those words into our hearts and turn them into powerful witness for you in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Well, I've been thinking about this whole mission thing since last week, and and it's been a, a pretty kind of an intense week, and I've stopped to really consider what Paul's mission was, and in terms of how we want to define that, and then in terms of, of beyond that, you know, what can we learn from that about our own mission, or my own mission, your own mission? And I started thinking about, with, with regard to Paul, he's a guy who goes on a lot of mission trips, obviously. He's a guy who, who goes from here to there, and, and all over the place, and, and, and when you say, what's Paul's mission? At first glance, you could ask yourself, which one? I mean, there's so many, right? But I think what I wanted to to begin to talk about this morning and think about this week was if it was possible, and I believe it is, to take all of the missions that Paul went on and sort of put it under the umbrella of a singular mission, kind of a mission with, like, let's say, a capital M. What is the overriding mission that Paul has? You see... We've all have, we all have a message, as we learned last week. Paul certainly had a message, and, and we all have a message too. But just like Paul, we also, all of us, have a mission. And I've tried, been trying to define this, this mission, and here's, here's what I came up with when, when it comes to defining our overriding mission as human beings or, or whatever. Uh, and, and here's what I came up with, and you can take it or leave it if you want, but as best I could describe, your mission is what you believe is the most important thing you should be doing with yourself. Your mission is the most important, is what you believe is the most important thing you should be doing with yourself. Now, some people are pretty intentional about their mission. I mean, they think about it a lot. They're, they have their own personal, personal mission statements. Any of you have those? Or have you ever seen that? About 20 years ago or so, I remember, like, this whole idea of formulating mission statements began to be really popular, like in churches, and in youth groups, and you'd go to conferences, and you'd learn, and the, and the, the presenters would always say, what's your mission statement? What do, what do you, and, and you know, we're like, what do you mean? Well, define what, it's, what it should be, because you need to be intentional about that. And then I started seeing mission statements, like, popping up everywhere, you know, in places that I thought were, were kind of unlikely, like at the oil chain shop, you know, there's a mission statement on the wall. Or when you go to the, to the coffee shop or, or different places that you, you never really thought about, you know, because you think mission statement, you're thinking like, you know, ministry or, or nonprofit work or community work or whatever. But when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because everybody, every organization, every individual person has a mission. It's just that some are more intentional about it than others. See, some people really get caught up in it and they think about it. And others sort of just let their mission happen to them. You see, everyone has a mission. And, and I, I read this once in, in, in one of my leadership books. I was talking with, uh, with, with a, a kid yesterday at a graduation party, and we were talking about books. And she says, well, what kind of books do you like to read? You know, I asked her what kind of books she read, and she re- she's, oh, I read fantasy books, I read this. And I'm like, I read, like, geeky, nerdy leadership books. 
you know. But in one of those books that I, that I read, it, it, it talked about people's mission. It said, if you want to find out what someone's mission in life is, there's two things you need to look at. You need to look at their calendar, and you need to look at their checkbook. Because if you track how a person spends their, their disposable time and their disposable income, you can easily track what is the most important thing that they believe they should be doing with themselves. So think about it for yourself for a second. What do you do with your calendar and what do you do with your checkbook? You see, our time and our money are our, most, are, are our greatest resources, and what we do with them reveals exactly what our life's mission is. And remember, everyone has one, whether you can formulate it into a statement or not, whether you want to or not. Let's take a look at what Paul's was. Okay, it's clear from this passage that Vicki read this morning that Paul's focus was pretty singular. It was to preach the gospel, to spread the gospel. And it's clear that as Paul lived his life, if you looked at his calendar, you would see it filled up with trip to here, trip to there, going to this place, going to that place. So it's clear from his calendar that he is all about spreading the gospel. It doesn't say, you know, go play golf on Tuesday, go have lunch on Thursday, go, uh, you know, do this or go to the gym. It's, it's go preach the gospel everywhere he goes. Now, with regard to Paul's finances, what, do we have information about that? Not, not implicitly, but we can see from places in Scripture that Paul is at many times in his ministry very financially needy. He, he speaks about being hungry. He speaks about having nothing. He speaks about relying on, on the gifts of, of other Christians to help him with his ministry. But he even goes beyond that. In the letter of Corinthians, for example, he talks about how he would refuse to even take payment as a help to his ministry just because he didn't want to come across to people as being greedy. So it's clear that for Paul, finances are not a priority. His priority was preaching the gospel. So if you look at Paul's life and his ministry, if you want to sum it up, I would sum it up like this. Paul's mission was to preach the gospel first to his own people, the Jews, and then to the Gentiles. That seems to be his pattern. You see, Paul had such a burden for his fellow Jews. He, as a Pharisee, was raised with this understanding that you, you find salvation, you find God by keeping all these laws. And Paul was devoted to that more than anyone. He kept all the rules. He was a good boy. He knew all the Bible verses. He did all the right things. And yet, he had this experience where he met Jesus Christ when Jesus knocked him off his horse and he, and he learned the truth that following the law was not something that would lead to salvation because no one could do it perfectly. Paul understood after he met Jesus and found the gospel that salvation is found by faith in Jesus only given to us by grace, not, as he would write in the book of Ephesians, by human effort, lest anyone should boast. And because he had that knowledge in his life, he had such a burden to share it with his fellow Jewish strugglers, with his fellow uh, Pharisees. So he first would go to the, the synagogues and to, the, to Jerusalem, and he would begin, as we saw in the scripture today, to preach the good news to them, to show them the gospel, to show them who Jesus was. But when they would refuse to listen, he would bring that same message out into the world to the rest of us. So he would bring the gospel first to those at home. Now I'm going to get a little clever here. Are you with me? He would preach first to those at home. Then he would go to Rome, R-O-A-M. And then ultimately he would wind up in Rome, capital R-O-M-E. So Paul's mission first at home to preach the gospel to his family, 
to his coworkers, to others like him, others that he had much in common with, who he could point to many uh, you know, points of contact with, or he was very relatable to. He would start there, but when they would either accept it or refuse it, then he began to increase his circle to go to Rome. And last week we read where he went to Greece and, and spoke to the philosophers. And then ultimately he winds up preaching the gospel, living on mission all the way until Rome. Now why do I say Rome? Because Paul went many places, but Rome would be his final destination. Because it would be in Rome where Paul would finally meet his end, where he would be beheaded by the emperor because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Home to Rome, all the way to Rome. You see, Paul didn't quit. Paul didn't get there and decide, you know what, I've been doing this for a few years, I think it's tough for someone else to take a turn. Paul didn't say, I think I'll, I'll retire and just sort of, you know, write a book about my experiences or, or tell people about it. He, he, he kept at it until his end. My question for us is this. Do we have the same type of devotion to a mission? Do we even know what ours is? Do you have a mission? If someone were to ask you, what's your mission in life? Could you tell them? Or would you have to say, I'm not sure Let's go to the calendar and the checkbook to figure out what it is. I've been, I've been thinking about that a lot this week, trying to figure out, you know, what is my mission? And doing the same exact exercise, looking at the calendar, looking at the checkbook, saying, saying where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my resources? What is my mission? And, and while I don't want to get caught up with, with where I currently am, I want to begin to think about what I want it to be because I want to be intentional about it. I don't want to do anything, just sort of happenstance. So I, I began to sort of craft this mission statement for my life, and I want to invite you into it. If, if you haven't got one, I want to let you borrow mine because it's not so specific to me. But I think it's something that, that I'm playing with, and I think it's going to work. And, and, and here's what it is. To glorify God in everything through love, faith, obedience, and witness. You see, this is my mission. Now, you might read that and go, wait a second. That doesn't have anything to do with your job. It doesn't have anything to do with your family. It doesn't have anything to do with your calendar or your... Wait, 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 wait hold on. It has everything to do with all of those things. To glorify God in everything. Now let's talk about this for a minute. See, to glorify God in everything means that, that we want to have the understanding that life isn't about us. My life is not about me. It's not about glorifying me or doing what I want to do. It's about glorifying God. And the question is, can I do that in everything? Is there anything in my life that I can't point to and say that glorifies God? If the answer is yes, then those things need to go. Now, does that mean that everything in my life revolves around going to church and praying and reading the Bible? No, not exactly. You can glorify God in anything that you want to do, really. It's about your heart, and it's about the motivation. Why do we do what we do, and can we glorify God? Glorify God in everything means that we have to have love through love because the Bible says that God is love, and if we have not love, we can have everything else perfectly and have nothing, Paul would write. So that's my mission. Think of the difference that that could make in your life if everything that you did was motivated by love. Think of the things that you would say or the things that you wouldn't say. Think of the, the things that you would buy or the things that you wouldn't buy. Think of the stuff that you would spend your time doing or the things that you wouldn't spend your time doing if everything that you did was motivated by, motivated by love to the glory of God. We certainly can't glorify God without faith, can we? Because the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is that which holds it together. 
We don't have to understand everything. But we have to have faith that in all things, God is doing his work. And as many of you know, sometimes that's easier than others to know that. We have to have faith. I go today to the visitation for a friend whose daughter at the age of 16 was killed in a tragic accident in Wilton just last week. And we have to have faith as a, as a, as a community when I'll go today to, 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 to spend time with the family that, that in even the most terrible circumstances, God is at work and holds all things together. We have to have faith because there's no answers for that. There's only faith. We, we have to have obedience. We can't glorify God if we're going to be the ones who call the shots and we're going to do our own thing. We, we have to be obedient to the scriptures. We don't get to pick and choose what's right and wrong. We seek the, the word of God for that. We seek the truth of God and we live our lives in obedience to that and in obedience to those in authority over us. Lastly, I want to glorify God through my witness. The way I live my life in community. The way I share with others what God has given me. The way I let others know who God is and what he has done for me. So that's not perfect, but it's my mission. Do I expect to fulfill it faithfully all the time? You know what? No, but I'm going to try. I want to do my best. I hope to be a fraction of the faithfulness that Paul had to his mission. So that's, that's a little window into me. What about you? What's, what's your mission? Have you intentionally began to think about that at all? You see, I think it's time to do that. I think it's time to consider what the most important things we believe we should be doing with our lives is. Because we have to recognize the fact that if we don't do that, if I don't do that, the natural trajectory of life, if we're not intentional, is to go away from God and towards self. Have you ever noticed that? Do you, have you ever run into anybody who says, man, I just can't find time not to pray? You know, I just wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I just begin to open my Bible and pray and I just have a hard time just putting it down and going to work. You know, I, just, I struggle with trying to find time to watch TV. I just want to pray and, and, and serve others all the time. I never met anybody like that. I never met anybody who says, you know what, I just can't, I just, man, I just can't ever pay my bills because I can't stop giving to the church. I can't stop giving to the Lord's work. I don't, I don't know how, I, how I'm going to be able to do that. You see, the natural trajectory of all of our lives is towards self. It's towards sin. Now, don't feel bad, okay? It's not your fault, okay? That's how we were created in, in, in sin because of, of Adam's fall. I mean, we were created in the image of God, but because of sin, we've been marred by that. But yet at the same time, we're responsible for it. We're responsible for what we do. We're responsible for not being intentional with our time. So we have to be real about it. We can't just let things go where they go and expect that we're going to wind up on God's page. We have to be intentional because to be on God's page requires discipline, requires sacrifice, requires work. And I don't know about you, but that's not very, uh, you know, parallel to my natural track. My natural track would be to kick back, let everybody else do everything and be taken care of. I'm not ashamed to say that. That'd be that'd be that'd feel all right. That's not the way. That's not the way God's called us to be, though. So we have to be intentional. We also have to remember that we can't do this on our own. 
You can't just change your mission by your own willpower. You can't just read enough books or craft enough statements and go, yep, there it is, and I'm going to do it perfectly. You have to have the intervention of the Holy Spirit. We have to have the power of God in our lives. We have to have Jesus Christ come and knock us off our horses. You see, Paul wasn't going on the road to Damascus with the mission to kill Christians when all of a sudden he said, you know what, I think I'm going to change course. God literally knocked him off his horse and blinded him and intervened in his life. And then Paul, through love, obedience, and faithfulness, walked that road no matter what it cost him. And God gave him his mission. You see, you're either going to get your own mission from from your flesh or God's going to give it to you. Have you asked? Have you thought about it? Have you been intentional about it? I want you to consider that this week. Consider it today. Think of Paul's mission to reach those closest to him at home and then his mission expanding out to roam around and then ultimately to Rome. And let me ask you a question. How are you doing at home? How's your mission there? If we were to poll those closest to you in your life right now, what would they say your mission is? Would they say that it was to glorify God and everything or would they say that it was to take care of yourself? Would they say that your mission is to to serve the Lord in all things or would they say something like, well, they just want to look good and make everybody else do everything? You can tell a lot about a person by finding out what their mission looks like in home first. And I I believe that if we haven't got that squared away first, it doesn't make a lot of sense to roam around. Husbands, are you leading your families? Are you loving your wives as Christ loved the church? Are you laying down your lives for them? Are you showing your kids what it means to, to live a godly life? Are you putting Christ first in all things? Wives, are you supporting your husbands in leadership or are you constantly trying to wrestle it away from them? Are you, are you raising your kids in truth and holiness and showing them who Jesus is? Single people, retired people, are you, are you setting an example of, of holiness and purity and service in your lives? Every single one of us, no matter what our situation looks like, we've got a ministry to those right around us, closest to us at home. And then from there we begin to roam. We begin to go to our coworkers. We begin to go to our extended family. We begin to go to those who are around us. And then we begin to share Christ with them. And ultimately on to wherever our personal Rome may be. To the end of our days. You can retire from your job. You can retire from your career. You can, you can do all that, but you can't retire from your mission. You can't retire from your faith. You've got to see it through to the end. That's what Paul did. That's what Jesus did. That's what communion is all about. Did you know that? We're going to take that this morning. You see, communion is all about Jesus Christ intentionally deciding what the most important thing he should do with his time and himself would be. And you know what it was? It was to go to that cross for the sins of this world. It was to go to that cross so that you and I could be invited into eternal life because we couldn't do it on our own. That was Jesus' intervention right there. He got his mission from God and he was faithful to it to the bitter end and to the glorious end. May we have the same experience. May we be intentional about our mission. May we be focused on who God is and what he has called us to be just as Paul was and just as Jesus is. So that even beyond our Rome or beyond our cross, our mission can continue to live on. 
Friends, on the night that, that Jesus was betrayed, he did come before his disciples, his friends, with the opportunity to gather together for the Passover meal. And as was their custom, they gathered to eat this meal, but Jesus broke from their custom because he had a mission. And his mission would be summed up in these words. As he broke the bread and gave thanks for it, he said to each of them, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And after they ate, he took the cup and he told them, this is the blood of the new covenant, my blood shed for the remission of sins. Take and drink this each of you. Do this always in remembrance of me. Friends, as we gather today, as we come forth, we are partakers in Jesus' ultimate mission. We are partakers in Paul's mission to share the gospel at home, to Rome, all the way to Rome. That's our mission. May we do so with faithfulness because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. As you come today, to receive communion. Come with thankfulness in your hearts. Come with the mindset that God is ready to send you on mission, ready to live your life on mission, ready to do everything that you do to glorify God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, may you bless this feast today. May you bless this sacrament. May it remind us of your mission, that we could be spurred on to our mission. In Jesus' name, amen.